there, I'm Kelsey from Kaleido Collection and you've tuned in to KaleidoCast. Thanks a bunch for that. Grab a cuppa or something stronger and sit down with us as we chit chat to the lady legends we have met on this small biz journey so far as they share their captivating and inspirational tales of mum biz lady life. Let's get into it. Hello. Hi. 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 How are you? Good. How are you? Hi. How are you? Joining me today is a longtime friend of mine, Juanita from Salty Moments Photography. Juanita is a photographer, content creator, and on top of that, now has taken the leap to become a full-time VA. She lives for the story behind the photo, not just the shot itself, and is the master of capturing that perfect sunlit cheek, twinkle of the eye, or cheeky grin. So away from the camera, Juanita is generous and thoughtful, full of beans, and at times an absolute lunatic. And she knows I say that with love. We have worked together and played together and always have each other's back. Juanita has featured within our Kaleido community sharing tips and tricks to mastering phone photography and the ultimate selfie. But today we will get to know her and her brand a little deeper. Welcome, Juanita. I need you to write my PR stuff for me. (laughs) That was very lovely, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good. Did you, did you have, take a lot of time to think about it or did just roll off the tongue? No, mate, it rolls off the tongue. I just write it straight out. <laughs> Easy peasy. <laughs> um, all right, so to start off, we've um, been working a bit of mindfulness in 2021 and you and I have spoken about this before. Um, and one of the we techniques have. that we both enjoy is an easy grounding technique that we use to kind mm-hmm. of um, ease our anxieties. So I thought to give listeners you know, set the scene for listeners, you can do a simple grounding exercise and tell me what you at the moment can see, touch, hear, smell and taste. Right. So what I can see is my cat on the bench, (laughs) on my desk, I should say. Um, I can see my beautiful view of the farm out the window. I can see the big tech screens that I have in front of me to work with while I work at home. I can see you, my friend, and I can see my my soda water <laughs> bottle that is remarkably empty and I probably have drunk about a litre of soda water in the last 20 minutes. That's good. Um, now you have to tell me touch, hear, smell and taste. Yeah, well, I can hear the guinea fowls that we have chiming outside. I think I can hear that too. <laughs> you can hear them too? Yeah, yeah. That's just a regular occurrence here. Sometimes <laughs> I don't even hear them. Um, I can hear the wind and the trees outside. I can also hear my robot vacuum cleaner in the other room. I can hear the washing machine spinning and I can also hear the dishwasher. Very good. And you can touch your cat, smell your your cat and taste your cat. (laughs) I shan't be tasting the cat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yes, I can. I can touch the cat, the furry little cat. And my office desk is this magnificent um, like wooden, it's a recycled wood, so it's quite raw and rough. So it's, it's quite lovely. I have a very expensive um, material chair. I don't know what sort, of chair, what sort of material it is, but it's very expensive and it's quite luxurious to touch. I can feel my very constricting free jeans because they're tight and I probably need to undo the top button. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you can because you're at home. All good. 
I can. I can, I can. only You're see like, your I'm top out. I can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll take that exactly. as a win. I think that's a very good description. <laughs> Listeners should, you know, be able to get a full vision in their mind from from that really nice description. Now, <laughs> exactly. tell me. Oh, <laughs> there's your cat. There's the cat. <laughs> oh god. Across the screen. I love it. Um, so you are now a photographer, content creator, VA, like we said. Um, you've been many things in the past, but what did you want to be when you were a kid? Whoops, there goes my camera. Um, you know what? <laughs> I know the cat, right? Um, you know what? I can't even really remember what I wanted to be as a kid. I know that as a child, I think that as a teenager. I remember I wanted to be a chef at some point, doing really well in catering. Um, I remember that I wanted to go into the Navy so I could sail around the world and be paid to do it. There was a period of time when I think I was in high school that I wanted to work on cruise ships to do the same thing rather than do the regimented Navy thing. I'm not sure who maybe talked me out of the Navy. Um, You know, apart from that, I'm... That's a, really <laughs> That's a few options. That's a few things, though. <laughs> it is. So you've definitely gone down a different path, I suppose. Many different paths. Sure. Mm. <laughs> sure. Very much so. So tell me about growing up. Um, so I looked at lots of different places, actually. I, um, I went to 13 different schools. So my father worked with heavy machinery um, like farm machinery, like big um, Steiger tractors and John Deere's and stuff like that. So we've moved around quite rural, regional sort of areas. So there's lots of schools that I went to and 13 in total, three different high schools. And I can't even tell you them all because I don't really have that, like I don't really have, I can't place them in like in order. Yeah. So I think I moved around a lot. Um and that probably that probably showed in my in my education. Um, <laughs> however, when I got to high school, and I went from um, two other high schools back to BY High School, and I played representative soccer. So I think that in like the senior years of school, year 10, 11, and twelve, I really caught up and excelled in English. Um, I did quite good at maths. I didn't do any sciences or anything like that, but. I did, um, my school had a great PE program. So there was the normal PE that most kids do, but because I was on the Sunshine Coast, they did health and leisure. So we did surfing as a subject, awesome. <laughs> which is great. Whereas up here, I think kids up here get like their boat licenses. Yeah, we used to do so, sailing. No, it's the same, same. Yeah, same, same, yeah. but different, right? Mm-hmm. But I think that while I was at school, because I was one of the sporting kids that, and and my family still jokes about it now. And it's, it's probably not, it's not exactly a joke, but I, I don't really condone it. But I was, um, my my track trainer was Glennis Nunn-Kern, who is a, a, like an Olympic athlete, a, like a decathlon athlete. And so two or maybe even three afternoons a week, we would leave school after lunch and go and train. So there's quite a long period of school that I didn't go to. So if I wasn't with Glennis Nunn-Kern, I was playing representative soccer or playing soccer for the school or class image cup. So my year 12 final soccer game was played in front of the strikers, which is the Brisbane strikers, um, was, was the pregame for one of their games. So, yeah, I like 
me and my friends that we all play soccer together, we laugh about this now that we spent more time on a soccer field or on a playing pitch or training than what we actually did at school. So I, you know, I think that I'm quite lucky that I had those opportunities because not every kid gets, like I know lots of kids that still have to do a full day of school and then train into the night, whereas our school had like a sporting program where they basically sacrificed our education for their sporting excellence program <laughs> mm-hmm. for their own school ego. Yeah. <laughs> but you loved every minute Which, of it. Yeah, exactly. And I still have friends, like I've still got friends that I've played against that still message me on Facebook, all those, you know, all, all those sorts of things. Yeah, you know, I completely like agree. I missed so much school, yeah. so many assignments from being at sport. And we're all right, hey? Yeah. Yeah. I totally <laughs> turned out fine. Look at me. <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I put clothes on today. It's great. <laughs> They're too tight, but that doesn't matter. So do you know what's funny that you started speaking about soccer? Because I was going to ask you, what do you love so much about it? We've both played it. Um, That was exactly my next question. We both played together soccer. And I know that you love it. You're so passionate about it. What do you love about it? Um, It's about the team. Like there's no I in team and soccer, you know, even as a teenager, nothing is fair. Like there's always the smart kid and the fast kid. And, you know, when you when you play soccer, there's all the players on the field. The person that plays centre is always the fittest person. The person playing in the goals is always the person with the quickest reflexes and generally is the bravest and most courageous person, you know, because it's they're the last line of defence, right? So I think that all those things, it's a great way to teach kids that everyone has a skill and an ability and that you everyone has a worth on the field. Whereas, you know, you play an individual sport, like you take your kids to little athletics and they they learn to run against their own PB. You, you teach them that, but you don't teach them what it, what it is to be in a team because they, sure, they go to, you know, carnivals and they, you know, their team gets points, but they're not playing in a team. So I think it's that learning to be proud of the person beside you because they scored a goal or being proud of the goalie and being proud of yourself that you helped set up that goal. So I think that it's the team camaraderie yeah, know, in a team sport. And and I lo- I think that I like soccer. Like I never played netball, never. I don't ever remember playing netball in sport like at school. <laughs> and I think it's my innate ability to not want to be a part of something political. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas soccer, I didn't. Like the netball girls I remember at school were always fighting. They were always arguing against each other. And we and we never did. Like we, I only talked with my friend the other day about this, how none of us soccer girls ever sort of argued with each other. Like we just, we just didn't have that sort of, I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but we just never sort of had that interfighting that I remember at netball. And I don't yeah. know what adults are like when netball because I still <laughs> never played. And, you know, I'm five foot two, so I'm probably not the most handiest person when it comes to netball. We've had this debate but, before, haven't we? <laughs> oh, I think we have. I just, it's it's not it's not my thing and it always seems very political and very, you might be on my team, but if they get a goal, it's your fault. And <laughs> soccer's just not, soccer's not like that. Uh, I know, love it's all just the not sports. Like that. All the things, they're all good. Yeah, <laughs> they are all good. So tell me what drives you to continue um, working on your business. Because I want to, like, I want to create my own wealth, you know. I, I want to I feel like I've been successful in creating my own wealth. 
I, I think it's important to, uh, I think it's, I just think it's important to, you know, be proud of yourself, celebrate all the goals, no matter how big or small. And, you know, I don't want to be a famous photographer. You know, I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I just want to make sure that I take great photos for anyone that comes in that's my, that wants me to take their photos and make them feel special and then have you know, a, a reward or it's not maybe a reward, but have something at the end that go, geez, I'm so glad I hired her, you know. And I, I've got like a few a few stories that um, I find, you know, make me sad but make me feel warm too. You know, many, many years ago a lady came to me and her grandmother and she was like 45 herself and she had a child late and her grandmother was coming from overseas and she was quite elderly and it would have been her last trip to Australia. And she was like, oh, we might get photos. And then her grandma wasn't feeling well for generations. She's like, let's not do it. And then on the Friday afternoon, she messaged, she's like, you know, my grand's having a really nice afternoon and she wants to go and have a cuppa. Can we get a takeaway cup and just meet you somewhere? And I was like, let's do that. So, we, you know, I had these antique chairs and I took them down to Muller's to that crossing at the back and um, took these beautiful photos of four generations. Anyway, unfortunately, when the grandmother left on the Sunday, on the Monday, she died. Holy moly. So, like, that was, like, yeah, yeah. Like, she, I feel really lucky that I, like, I had persuaded her to, you know what, you just call me because you're not going to get this opportunity again and your little girl is two or three and she's never going to be this cute. Well, she probably is, but <laughs> that was what I told her at the time. <laughs> But they'll they'll like they'll I never get that, together. Like that's such a rare things, opportunity. They'll never get together again. And I think it's you know it's really important. I've also taken a like a family down into one of the local creeks, and the the dad had a terminal illness, and he'd basically been given a period of time, but he hadn't told his family yet, and he wanted to get photos of everyone together before he told them, so that everyone was happy. Oh golly! Before he told them that he was terminal, and I knew, and I was like devastated that when we got down there they didn't all get along and I couldn't say you guys pull your heads in because this man's dying and he wants you guys to look back at these photos and think oh my god I'm so glad that we did that together and um he actually lived for two years afterwards and they told him maybe six months he's passed away now but I like I think it's really really important to capture those moments and they're the sorts of nice stories sometimes they're really sad but they're the sorts of nice stories that I, I I like about that is you get to give people something that lasts a long time and it's not just about taking a photo is it like we were saying before well in my no. intro in my fabulous intro no. <laughs> it's about the story yes. you love the finding the stories behind them so that's that's yeah, yeah yeah really lovely so I guess that's a motivation in itself isn't it yeah it is that that's sort of I like the I, I like the feel good stuff yeah. behind it yeah, that's lovely. That's the bit that I like. Now, you've had many different uh, careers in the past. Mm-hmm. So can you take us through mm-hmm. a few of them and how how you kind of found yourself in what you're doing now? Um, so if we start at the beginning, when I left school, like lots of many kids do like a traineeship and I did a traineeship at the Caloundra City Council, which is now I think it's like Marichidor and they amalgamate all the councils. So I worked there. I was the assistant for the PA for the mayor and the CEO and the councillors at the time. So that was really good. And then um, I'm my boyfriend at the time moved away out west and I went too. So I worked way out at, if anyone's got Google, Mount Coolin Hotel. 
Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, So I was out there for a period of time and when I left, my mum actually said to me, you're going to be back in six months. And I didn't go home for five years, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I I loved it. I loved it out there. I learned to... um, I learned to pig chase and shoot a gun and drive a semi and four drive and all sorts of things that city girls like me, girls that surfed and played soccer and, you know, all those things would would not have had the opportunity to do. Um, not that I condone shooting pigs or roots. Yeah. That's what I did at the time. It's just what happened. <laughs> Went in Rome. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Went in Rome. Um, and then from there I did a couple of hospitality jobs and then I worked at a school for a period because um, I knew some sign language from school. Um, there was a deaf boy whose teacher was going through a chemo and they needed someone to help. And not that my sign language was at standard, but it was enough to be able to relay from the teacher to him what he needed to do. So I did that for a little while. And then somehow I fell into um, Centrelink. So I applied for a job. And I got a job at Centrelink, which I was at for 14 years. So I worked for federal government for 14 years, doing all sorts of things from um, <laughs> mostly front, like um, customer-facing, front-of-house type stuff to claims and all sorts of assessments and, and stuff like that. So all, all, like 14 years, there's so many cool things that, that I did, lots of things that I got to do and be a part of and like legislation changes I got to be a part of and stuff. So really quite rewarding. Um, and then I went, when I finished there, I sort of had made the choice that I didn't like that the way the government had moved into from um, making quality referrals, you know, helping people get housing and, and stuff like that, the basic essentials to everyone just sort of became a number and get them paid and get them out of there. So I didn't, I didn't like being a number or that people were being numbers. So I went to Mitre 10 and managed a Mitre 10 store. And then from there, I, um, I worked as a, um, I've lost my words for a moment. I went and project managed an electrical company, which I really enjoyed the fast paced environment. Um, yeah. And, you know, in between all then, you and I worked together for a period of, I don't know how many years, like 10 I don't, I don't know if wasn't it yeah I don't know like you just go it was one of those things yeah. you just go and come back and go and come back but yeah, um, yeah yeah which is something that I did as well like I went yeah. with my babies and went and went back to the yeah. pub and stuff so yeah. the, like you and I worked together and um I worked at a jewelers for a period of time as a second job I've worked at pubs as a second job I've done all sorts of things yeah you know, to and make pocket money and I guess stuff, with your so. photography you started doing that while you had these other jobs Exactly, mm. exactly. So I think I was on like leave, like maternity leave from having my first baby and I was bought a camera um, as a gift by my family and it sort of spurred me to go and do a digital photography course. Um, so I got a diploma in digital photography through the Photography Institute and, yeah, that's where it sort of started. Yeah, that's yeah. neat. So give us the, explain the feeling of you've recently left like an employment as we were just saying Mm -hmm. and kind of explain the feeling leaving the security of a guaranteed income to start on your own oh you know this story too Kelsey (laughs) 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 yeah yeah um 
you know what? I was really excited about it because I was doing a little bit of work on the side anyway. So I was working 30 hours for my employer and I was doing a bit of work on the side and the work on the side became so much that I was staying up late and then being tired for my employer the next day. And I actually got to the point where some weeks, not every week, but some weeks I was earning the same amount of money for myself that I was working less hours, might I add, doing physically less hours than my employer, but earning the same amount of money. And I was like, why, why am I going to work every day if I can earn the same amount of money, which isn't astronomically big, but you know, you get to a certain point in your life and I'm quite happy with the income that I earn. Like I live within my means. It's great. So I, yeah, I decided that I would take the leap and, you know, it's, it's scary. And the week before I had huge doubts and I had a little meltdown and I rung my, my best friend in the world, Tabitha, who I played soccer with and had a big cry. And she basically told me to get my balls back out of my handbag and reattach them and <laughs> finish my job and go work for myself. So yeah, like it, it is, it is, it's stressful because I know that if I don't work, like right now, I'm not at work, um, then I don't get paid. However, like when I do do bulk out the hours, then I get, I get rewarded for it. So you know what? If I can, if I can work twenty hours and earn what I was working thirty eight hours, then why am I working thirty eight hours? Mm-hmm. Because I could work thirty eight hours for myself and earn double. Yes. what I'm doing earning 20 so hello yeah like, <laughs> but like why aren't you we said, all doing this? yeah exactly I guess it's a bit of a gradual thing like you didn't not know what was coming because you said you had you know you were working for yourself already and you could see that yeah. income coming in so it wasn't just a I'm cutting my income and I'm gonna get another one <laughs> it's kind of that gradual um, yeah no no I, I built it like yeah. I built it up yeah and that's yeah like, that's obviously yeah. very smart way to do it so the name salty moments what is it about that name that resonates with you um so this sort of came to me over a period of time actually that the name salty moments is I was just going through like rebranding my business and trying to think of a, a name and I saw on someone's Instagram one day about the meanings of words that people don't really know so I went through some of the words that were on this page and one of them was salty the word salty was in there and in my mind I was like what could salty possibly mean apart from salt Salt. yeah you know yeah it comes from the earth yeah ocean (laughs) Uh yeah we cook with it you know tastes great makes everything taste great anyway the word salty actually had a meaning about um it, ha- it has lots, like there was a whole variety of things that it said. But the thing it that struck me was how it can relate to your mood. So you can be feeling a little salty. And I, um, not to divulge the whole thing that was in there, but I, I sort of resonated with that at the time. So at the time it related to how I was feeling at the time in that part of my life. So I really like that. And because I'm in my photography, I really like all the moments so I basically just put the two words together and then the logo came from um, it came from the, the upside down triangle is the mean is the alchemy for water and then that, that's water and then if you add um, a circle to the top of it that's salt water 
so the two sort of went together and then I basically put the camera lens in the circle to bring it you know to correlate yeah I like it very clever so who are the faces behind salty moments so there's Mm -hmm. two the two little boys who often often feature and you know what as they get older they want to feature less and less (laughs) you're not um but quite often they yeah yeah I'm definitely not the cool mum anymore (laughs) um so yeah they you know they often they often feature and then obviously there's also my partner Claire who's very supportive Mm -hmm. and tell us what life is like on the farm what's a day what's a day look like on the farm depends what day it is and who's home (laughs) so um as you may or may not know we do the the split family thing so I've only got the kids every seven days so when everyone is home so myself and Claire and the two boys that means getting up feeding animals and small children so generally Claire will get up and do the animals while I get up and and do the boys so because of her workload She'll generally get up like at stupid o'clock between four and five. She'll crack out a couple of hours work in the office and then she'll feed the animals while I'm getting the kids out of bed, getting them ready for school and then leaving the house by eight. So that's the morning routine. But when, you know, we don't have the boys, then we'll both get up together, do a couple of hours work in the office and then go feed the animals and then come in and have breakfast and, and do a work day. However, right now, because I'm home alone and I've been home alone since Monday and the boys are with their dad and Claire is away working in Adelaide. I live like a bachelor. <laughs> so I get up whenever I want, depending yeah. on my workload. And unfortunately, the horses get fed when I say they're going to get fed. And I work when I say I'm going to work. And I clean the house probably tonight because Claire comes home tomorrow. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and I wear pajamas all day. So, um, I, you know what, don't laugh because I did yesterday and when I was on a work Zoom, I looked in the camera and went, oh, I haven't changed yet. I think that's the story of everyone's life at the moment. Oh, lucky I'm wearing Peter Alexander. However, that actually says I'm still wearing pajamas yeah. because there's that cute little dog and I was mortified. Like, oh, my God, what, oh, that's funny. what is the matter with you? I think it's been worse. Anyway. You've seen worse things on a Zoom meeting, I'm sure. Oh, uh, can I tell a little story? Go for gold. I know you love a story. Oh, so Claire says to me one day, I've got a Zoom at 6 o'clock, which is, I don't know, 6 o'clock a.m., which is some time later in the day in New Zealand mm-hmm. with Bathurst Mining. So they're the people that own all the mines in New Zealand. So she's gone into the kitchen with her MacBook and it's sitting on the kitchen bench because for whatever reason that was the only place on that particular day where the internet would work. And anyway, she's on Zoom. I've forgotten. What were you wearing? (laughs) And nothing. (laughs) And I walked past her on the way to the toilet. Anyway, she looks at me. And the look on her face of horror, and I was like, what, what, what? I went to the toilet, and then she's gone into the office. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what there there wasn't any internet in there earlier. (laughs) Anyway, had my shower, made some breakfast, bought her a cup of tea just as she's closing her mouth, and she's like, everybody saw you nude. (laughs) Nobody said a word, but there's this nude girl walk past. She's like, yeah, full side profile from just above my knee. (laughs) 
Oh, no. All the way up. <laughs> Oopsie daisies. Did you get that job? Or? <laughs> yeah, she has a, she has a contract. <laughs> oh, well, Not because of her skills, though. <laughs> oh, no. I think there's a lot of stories like that, Juanita. Now, let's talk yes. some more about photography. Um, not all photographers are the same, right? So what makes you different from the rest? My inappropriate sense of humour. No, <laughs> that, that's true, but that's <laughs> not it. That's, not just that, that. That's not it. No, that's not it. Um, I think because, I like, I've got kids and not that my kids are wild as Billy Oak because they're not, Um that's what I like to tell people anyway. Um, I think it's because I'm quite relatable to children, you know, like I, I, you know, I'm a bit like the Pied Piper. If you take me to a party and I don't want to talk to the adults, I'm going to go play with the kids. And next minute I've got them all playing together and they're all laughing and cackling. So I think that's probably one of the skills that I actually have. I probably should have worked in daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's probably one of the things that, I quite like and that lots of my customers go when you always you always get the kids laughing and I think it's just because mums and dads wind themselves up they get them so they get themselves so anxious about having the perfect photo the perfect smile the perfect outfit and their kids never want to perform that you know kids always have a tantrum or they're crying or you know they've spilled some food on their clothes you know whatever Every, everyone gets that whole anxious thing but as soon as you can get the kids to relax or to have fun then everyone else everyone's anxiety levels just sort of dissolve and I think that's one of the things is you know mums come and they want the kids to sit next to them and you know what it's not the style of photos I take go go to some boring 80s style studio because that's not what you're gonna get yeah and I think it's nice to get you know mum and dad to sit down or stand up or do whatever it is that they want to do and get them looking at each other, get them showing each other their affection and then let the kids run around, you know, like wildlings because they're going to laugh and they're going to smile and they're going to be giggling. And I'm, you know, I do some funny things where I make the kids do like the YMCA and I'll do it too, you know, and I'll do the bluey dance and, you know, next minute all the kids are doing the bluey dance and mum and dad are kissing in the background. Like, you know, you get all those little you know parents naturally laughing you know the kids are naturally laughing and I think that's probably that ability to be relatable to kids is yes. quite relieving for mum and dad yes and then so I think that that's one of the things well. that <laughs> yeah Excuse yeah me. and I seem to get those oh bless you <laughs> thank you I seem to get the same mum and dad families or people that go oh such and such said that you like you got the kids having a great time. Can you do our photos too? Like, sure. Yeah, nice. I'd love to. That's great. So I think that's probably. I think that probably works in my favour. Yeah. Sorry, I'll sneeze again. <coughs> oh, excuse me. <laughs> now, take us through the different <laughs> styles of shoots. Like you said, you don't just do a sit down in front of a whatever, like a green screen. Take us through the styles of shoots that you do, and then can you choose a favourite? Um, I like to go outdoors is my favourite place to go. Um, and I'm not overly into the big props. Like I don't, I'm I personally not into like the studio style stuff. It's all well and good for fun things like you and I have done in the past for Halloween and 
um, Easter and Christmas, but it's not something I don't want to put kids in a studio setting. It's not really my thing. I like to take people outside and I um, I like to take advantage of golden hour and get all those nice warm rays and, and stuff like that. But I also like to put families in funny little situations, like I've taken a family out for a mud fight because nice. they've got wild kids and that's the normal sort of behaviour that they do. So I like those sorts of things. I like to take families to little secret spots where they probably haven't been before and let kids actually explore because then they're actually exploring with their own wonder. And, and that's when you get like great curiosity photos and kids, you get those cute little raised eyebrows and smiles and things that kids haven't seen or a place they haven't been before and stuff like that. So I'm, I, I like to take kids outside. I like to get them moving and um, not, you know, standing Simpson style together. <laughs> and you don't just do family shoots. Yeah. Like you also do, um, you've done, for no. example, bicycle events. You've done, um, what do they? Yeah, uh, some, what's some the really other? cool events. Like what's the, the other word? Yeah. And... Um, oh, oh, my goodness. What's the word that, you know, more um, intimate photography? Two syllables. <laughs> Boudoir is the boudoir. word. I was thinking Jeez, burlesque. I was trying to get you to get that out. I was like, I was burlesque. really enjoying watching you. Boudoir. Thank you. you um, so, yeah, you do that kind of thing as well. So, can you take us through the other different styles like events and boudoir and whatever else that you do? That's right. So, I've done a couple of little intimate weddings, like I've done a surprise wedding before, and I don't, I'm not really into the wedding photography, but I do like the little surprise weddings or the little elopes, they're really nice too. Um, I think with those, the reason that I like those is they're small and they're intimate and you don't you don't have, the brides generally don't have this unrealistic fairy tale expectation from Pinterest. So I, I like those because generally those people give you a whole lot of creative license. Um, and that's why they've come to me, not because they've gone to another photographer whose wedding photos all look exactly the same. They all look magnificent, but it's all that same. Stand this way, stand that way, and your photos look like this. So I like those for that particular reason. Um, the event stuff, I really enjoy the event stuff because you never know what you're going to get and everyone reacts differently to a camera. So the cycling um, is part of the tour de cure so it's the roller coaster and I've been doing that for a couple of years and I, I really like it because those people are raising money for something they're passionate about and not just for the sake of raising money but they've all got their own personal story behind it so I like that they you know they ride for a very long way sometimes it rains sometimes it's ridiculously windy other times it's really hot and they have to ride up a range and there are spots over the years like I always try to choose different spots but I always sit on the range to watch them you know grinding their teeth you know they're really working hard and every and everyone you know some people look up at you and are like oh my god get me out of here like oh my god I'm a celebrity get me out of here or they're gritting their teeth and they don't even see you right and then other people will you know wave and almost fall off their bike so you just sort of never know at an event what you just never know what you're going to get. And I like the excitement of that. And generally those events, I'll take thousands of photos because it's just, it's so exciting. And it's the, the such a short time frame. It's so easy to miss really cool stuff. Yes. So you've got to be really on your game. So I like yeah. the pressure of that. 
but I also like the free range of I don't have a limit. You know, I take multiple cards, I take my charger, I take everything, and um, at the end of the first day, I'll be everyone's partying and having their meal, and I'm sitting there working, trying to get photos out for them, and you know, and they love that. So yeah, I like sweet. that. Yeah. Um, the boudoir, the boudoir stuff is. Um, I do it more than what you would see on my Instagram because not everyone wants to be on my Instagram and because of the style of photos, right? So basically girls are getting their kits off and they're wearing, you know, whatever whatever their choice is. Um, and the reason behind those, sometimes they're, they're all different. Nine times out of ten they're like a wedding gift for their husband or it's a Valentine's Day gift for a husband or a birthday gift for a husband or some of them are women who have gone through some adversity and they're nearly they're wanting some self-worth and they don't see themselves as beautiful so you know someone will mention and they start googling and next minute they're like Juanita can we can we do some photos I'm like okay I know what you're asking me and that's okay um so yeah like I think that that the boudoir stuff is extremely empowering for women to do and it's I guess it's sort of a little taboo and I think that's why people like it as well is they get to do something that's a little bit risque and no one needs to know about it and it's their own little thing that they get to do. So I think women find that quite exciting and liberating as well. Yeah. So that's like that's the kind, that's the nice story part that I find really nice, you know, and quite often there are very funny, very (laughs) funny moments that happen, (laughs) you know, you never know what someone's going to say when they've got only their underwear on. And I've got tears of laughter running down my face and it's, it's always very good. It's uh, always lots of fun. That's good. So speaking of that, can you kind of recall the oddest request that's ever happened on a job? Um, no, not, not the, not the oddest. I've had some funny stuff sort of happen, hmm. but not like I'm pretty pretty liberal and people are generally quite open with this is what I want. Um, but I haven't had any really quirky, unusual, like WTF moments. Yeah. You know, I <laughs> haven't. Good. I've been probably been pretty fortunate, pretty fortunate that I maybe haven't attracted those people. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. That's an easy one. Although you're pretty open, yeah, no, I don't. so people are probably yeah. open with what they ask you and yeah. you probably don't bat an eyelid anyway, so... Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so too. But I'm, I um, even even in general for mainstream photography, I probably haven't had anything yeah. that's very unusual in anyway. Yeah, that's, that's okay. good. But we'll see. Whatever. See what the future holds. As long as you're paying me. <laughs> exactly. So for any budding photographers listening, can you recommend uh, resources on how to advance their skills or what has worked for you? Oh, there are just great free resources out there. There's so there's so many of them. Just look at Google. But there are some really cool people like there's a guy called Cole's Classroom. So Google that, Cole, C-O-L-E, Cole's Classroom. And he has um, lots of free learning on his website, lots of cool stuff like if you're interested in photographing the moon like the other night, the big full blood moon. Like he's got a whole, you know, I think it's like a one-hour YouTube on setting up your camera and the reason you set it up that way and those sorts of things. 
Um, so he's got some really, really good resources. But even in Adobe, like if you have a basic Adobe subscription and there are things in Adobe that you don't even need to have a subscription for, you can just go into the learning library or I think it's called a tutorial library or something along those lines. So Adobe has some good stuff. But even if you look at, um, what's it called, the Photography Institute, they've got some really great free learning um, there's a lady called Tara Leisha who does um, quite remarkable photography, but she's she's a great photographer, but she is a remarkable photo editor. So she turns like people into mermaids. So she's like next next level, you know. But she takes a magnificent photo, and you're like, oh, look at that photo, and then you go, oh my oh my god, that person's now a mermaid. Yeah. So I think there are there are heaps. It just depends on what sort of photography you're looking for and basically anything if you google how to do this you'll find endless 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 tutorials but finding someone like a, a master of that um, particular craft in photography and and watching there's always free there's always amazing free tutorials always and I quite often watch um, Cole's classroom I, I really like and there's a lady I can't think of what her name is right now I can probably give it to you and you can post it somewhere who does posing and teaches you how to get like the posing that you, if you were to pose like one of the girls that I photographed um, for boudoir I had her posing and she's like this is so uncomfortable Juanita like hurry up and take the photo but when you look at the photo you're like oh my god it looks amazing and it's all got to do with the different angles and shapes yeah. and sort of twisting your body in a particular way and I quite like her oh the lady I do watch is oh she's on my phone she is like a master of boudoir and her all her Facebooks all her Instagram stories are like 30 second how to's and she oh, wow. actually tells you the camera setting like the camera setting which is like you know telling on your camera it's <laughs> like giving away trade secrets yeah so she does that and so, some of the random things that I've watched her and then I'm like mm, I'm gonna give that a crack uh -huh. because it's something I've not yeah yeah neat you might have to cool. find that and send it to me I'll put it in the um show yeah, notes but she's she's quite she's quite remarkable too yeah but there's, a, there's a few like famous sort of you know huge following photographers like 100 plus 300,000 follower photographer type people that I watch and they have just amazing interesting things yeah that's brilliant so what are your your own top three tips for nailing a family photo because it's like we spoke about it is not that easy to do <laughs> No, it's, it's not. And I, I like to sort of get everyone in a position. So put them where I kind of want them to be. And then I'll start asking questions before I start taking photos to get them talking and laughing. And then once everyone's like, oh, she's not going to take a photo, that's when I start taking photos because then they're looking at each other with love or they're having a bit of a laugh or, you know, they're um, just enjoy naturally enjoying themselves and making um couples in particular like if I was to get couple like you and Kurt maybe um I would make you guys ask each other silly questions like one funny little trick is I get say you and Kurt to face each other and I'd make him say a vegetable seductively and then you'd laugh like he might say eggplant and you'd Ooh. piss yourself laughing <laughs> or I'd make or I'd make the female say uh, a fruit like watermelon 
and but you've got to say it seductively or you know with a funny voice or you know something like that and one person's looking and the other person's laughing so they're like nice little tricks as to getting people interacting and trick number three is you don't need to look at the camera don't look at me look at the person like look around look at all the other stuff because they make great photos too yeah nice I love it Let's talk socials. So this is an integral part of your business now, especially with photography and then adding on the content creation to it. So firstly, can you describe the vibe of your Mm. own Salty Moments feed? Oh, you know what? I've actually been really slack on this, this, um, this calendar year just because I finished my full-time job and haven't actually been doing very much in the photography side. But generally I keep the vibe um, basically all advertising. So it's just like I try to do three photos of the same family or the same client so that they're all the same, you know, the same, same, same. Same session. Um, But three different. Same session, yeah. So but three different sort of not angles but styles. So one might be up close, one might be the big background um, and one might be the details because the devil's in the details. So it might be like if mum's had a baby, it's the cute little toe, the little fingers or stuff like that. So I try to do, I try to do that. Um, that's probably the one thing that, that I is my stock standard. I probably should change what I do. It probably doesn't work very much with the algorithms, but I still seem to get good traffic. So whatever, whatever works for me. <laughs> it looks pretty. Um, and then generally I do, yeah, um, for the business type clients that I do, I generally don't post so much of their products. I generally put that stuff in stories. So if, for example, I did photos of your products, I may not put them in my feed, but you would share it, you'd tag me, and then I'd throw those into my story as a piece of advertising for me, yes, I do products, but this is a great product that I believe in and, you know, you should buy this too. So I think that with that, and then sometimes I'll put funny little tips and tricks, like this is a good place in my community that I go for photos. This is why go find a destination like this in your area to take photos. So sometimes I put up nice little things like that in in my stories. Yeah, that's perfect. So what training and kind of courses have you completed to kind of be able to work in this industry? Because many people think sometimes you can just take a photo, chuck over a filter, write a cute little caption and it's all good to go. (laughs) But it is so much more. So what have you done to um, yeah get ahead in this industry? So I did, there's the dog. Can I have another one of those noise? (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was one of the kids um no no kids are at school yeah, that's what I um, thought. yeah so I did a diploma in digital photography at the photography institute and then I've done a heap of small little social media courses through a variety of sort of community college I guess you'd call them or specific industry growth places. So there's a lady in WA who is, ah, oh, I can't think of what her name is. I'll send it, send you a link because she does these great little, like, how do you hashtag appropriately? Like I did this great little 12-month course and every month you've got a different category of how to make my business Instagram better. And one month was about creating hashtag banks and what actually works 
you know, industry standards, things that work for different industries. And she's done all this sort of background research of, you know, what, what works in the food industry and what works in the, um, I think it was one was fashion. There was all these different industries that she'd done market research and all that there's been market research on. And then the, the way that you hashtag using in, um, yeah, it's quite in depth, but it was yes. really worth doing. And she does lots of like free, you know, you can just jump on her web, website and look in the free resources. And she has all these amazing tips that lots of Instagram hacks that people wouldn't even know because that's like her niche is getting small businesses and making them big businesses. And then she goes, see you later. And she goes and finds someone else. Yeah, so brilliant. I did a course with her, which I found very, very interesting just for my own, my personal Instagram growth. And then for the people that I do some content creation for, it was very interesting learning about hashtag banks and how they work for you. And, you know, that was really good. So yeah. I've done a couple of those sorts of little courses that are yeah, accredited um, and not just, someone like me who creates a course because this is what works for my field so yes. I, I quite I quite like the learning like if anything I can learn I'm gonna I want to learn yeah that's brilliant do you ever feel overwhelmed with the constant evolution of social media platforms and how much there is to uh, learn about it I know it's like it's just snowballs constantly and everyone's everyone's industry is different so the evolution for each different industry changes as well and I think society's expectations and you know social media is almost the opioid of the nation or the world so it's you know so many people are monetizing from social media and everyone has something different to monetize and as a consumer myself I um, I'd like to tell you that I'm not affected by advertising but I certainly am so I guess the things that, like, if you looked at my Google history, there's lots of random research type stuff, like not necessarily purchasing, but I'll read, I'll read something and then I'll want to go and re I'll research it or I'll listen to a podcast and I want to go and research it. So I think that um, the way that social media works now is it's almost everything is an advertisement for that or something else. Yes. So, yeah, it's constantly the constant evolution yeah, it's, no, out it's of not control. <laughs> one, one fits. It's not one fits all. You no, know, not at all. Uh, can you rattle off some of the brands that you've worked with and what you love about them? Um, most of the brands I actually work with are small building brands, so little brands that are building don't have a huge budget. And um, I guess I'm probably I've been told a couple of times I'm far too generous. Mm -hmm. So I I quite like that. So there's a couple of little brands like Elsie Lou who's a lady from Sydney she's got a couple of little kids and she wanted to work from home while her kids were young and she started out doing like clay polymer earrings and bath products and stuff so she sent me like a box of things can you take all these photos photos of these that so she can use them as advertising on her website and her Instagram and all her socials and stuff so that's really nice there's a local lady box in the bush who you would know um done stuff for her done stuff for you um, I think that last year through COVID, I had over the course of the year 30 different brands and some of those brands send me one item or they might send me two or three. Sometimes they send me a whole box of items um, and nine times out of ten I don't have to send them back. I get to keep the item too, so it's kind of like the paid bonus. Um, but, yeah, from all sorts of things, from bath products to diaries to... Um, lip balms 
I've had um, oils like um, aromatherapy oils. sort of oils. Mm-hmm. Hey? Yeah, uh, yeah, essential oils. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've had um, Christmas decorations. I've had such a variety of, I've had swimwear. Um, I worked for a great brand called Eleni Swim, and she's created like um, the, the perfect rashy for women, like a, you know, a rashy. I don't know how pullover ones and zip up ones. And yeah, she's an amazing, amazing body conscious type. You know, she's what an amazing brand that lady is. So I've had some, I've had some really quite impressive little brands that have gone from, you know, 90 followers and given me products. And then over a period, they've just boomed because they've done great at doing their social media. So yeah. I've, yeah. I've done all sorts of different photos. It's so yeah. nice to be a part of that. Do you yeah, have a bit of a secret yeah. source to a really great uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever platform it may be, post. I think everyone has a different version of this, but it's definitely the hashtag. So I think that the hashtag gives you, like anyone who speaks social media will talk about the funnel and getting it out there and all those sorts of things. But there was this one time on my Instagram, um, I posted the word bikini body instagram um hashtag bikini body and my instagram just blew up like not my personal but my business instagram it just it blew up so i think there are things like that like we live in the wit sundays and one time i hashtagged it was actually for maraki with sundays big shout out to maraki um i hashtagged something she posted a picture that i'd done for her I reposted it and I hashtag food tourism and that just got out of control. So I think that different products equal different things, but I think it's definitely got to do with the hashtag. But another trick that I learned doing um, the little course with lady from WA was setting a location. So if you want to open up a market area, like if you've got a particular product, like there's a lady who does roller bottle, I took, you've got roller bottle. Yes, we do. I did photos for her. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she's those great water rolls that roll. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I, posted some, I posted some photos that I'd taken at Cedar Creek Falls, which are the waterfalls in the Sunday. And I used the location at the top of the page where you set the location. And that post got some phenomenal number of um, likes. And so I think the location is really important. So if you've got a particular, like a niche product and going, well, I want people in this particular area to look at it. Um, or if you've got, for example, great earrings and maybe there's a lady called the, what is she called? She's the something avocado. And she has maybe some politically questionable earrings. <laughs> <laughs> she, um, yeah, so she recently just advertised her earrings and used a location which was one of the Pride March locations in her Instagram. Ah, there you go, hey? Yeah, so I think mm-hmm. that there are things like if you've got something coming up and people you want to get into a particular area or you want to advertise to a particular demographic, using a location can be really helpful. Yeah, neat. It's so simple, yeah, but so. there's so many different little parts that go into it, isn't there? So many moving parts, mm-hmm. so many moving parts, yeah. 
Uh, so, you know, we've spoken about all the reasons that social media can be really fabulous, but at the same time, it can be a bit of a fiend. So have you experienced both kind of ups and downs of social media and how do you manage that in your business and I guess in your life as well? Um, for my business, I probably haven't really had many downs of social media. Like I'm just, I'm posting a service. So I think, you know, there's probably a few downs in that some of my customers don't want me to post their boudoir photos. So I probably don't get as many as what I could, but I do get far more than what you see. So I think that's probably, it's probably a good thing and a bad thing. Um, I, I probably, some of the downs of social media is, you know, people seem to have so many negative opinions and they get a platform to use them. But there's also so many great things about the empowering part of social media, but it's also affecting us in a different in a very negative way like I said before that social media is almost the opioid it's it's an opioid we measure ourselves against social media which I find absolutely ridiculous and you know what thank god there was no no social media when I was in high school because mm. holy dooly did I do some dumb crap so <laughs> it's scary I think bringing that, up kids isn't it <laughs> yeah so I think that um I think that social media can be extremely powerful, but it can also be extremely negative on, you know, young impressionable people as well. You know, I would hate to think that my children um, measure themselves on likes and follows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the past, kind of social medias have knocked you down a little in relation in relation to choices that you've made in your personal life. And sometimes that can, you know, affect different things that you do in your business. So People, especially in small towns, can be very nosy. Am I right? They can be very nosy. <laughs> it's, very in, it's a very interesting dynamic. <laughs> um, yes, social media, living in a small town and social media can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, like, I'll, I'll admit that I quite regularly will do um, or I quite regularly do not post on my personal or business page, but I'll put stuff in my stories because then I can actually see who sees it. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you that I'll run little social experiments and I will put something maybe a little controversial or put something that um, may have happened in the community or something that's happened to me or I've felt or whatever, and I'll put that in my story. And it's probably a way of getting across my opinion or that I don't like how someone might be prejudiced or, you know, an anti-gay or anti-same-sex hater without putting it in my feed, but I'll put it in my story because then people get that snapshot of, you know, when it doesn't like it. Like, yeah. So I, I think that in a small town, social media can be very dangerous for maybe business owners um, and personal pages. Or it could also, you know, you you just got to be so careful. There are so many laws and um, what's the word like Fair Work and Anti Discrimination Act. You know what? We all get we all have the right to have our opinion. But if, for example, you have an opinion that might be hating on a particular group in your community, then that group probably isn't going to support your business. So I think those sorts of things in a very small town, like, and you know what, it happens in the city too. Oh, absolutely. You know, it totally happens. It happens in the city, but in the city there's 50,000 people mm. and such a small group of those people are actually watching your Instagram yeah. and you have so many other options. So if 
the little cafe down the street doesn't serve you bagels because they don't have gluten-free products and you go to a different cafe that does serve gluten-free bagels. So in our community, we don't have those many options. So you know what, if you don't go to a particular shop because of their personal opinions or their values or their standards or their ethics and morals, then unfortunately you've only got one other option or you don't have another option. Yeah, and I think it's it's just like be kind. Like (laughs) just think about other people and be kind. Like people, um, yeah, I think. Or, it's pretty or that that famous famous statement yes. that I think Brene Brown said about um, it's hard to hate up close. Yeah, so well, be careful who you hate because it might be somebody you love. Yeah, well, that that is a very true point. So, but I guess peaking a local interest um, is kind of been your most recent relationship. With your incredible partner, Claire, um, she makes yeah. you so happy and we've really enjoyed getting to know her. But having been, you mentioned, um, you know, you have your boys, so you were in a heterosexual um, relationship prior to Claire and many people kind of thought mm-hmm. what had changed. Um, not that you <laughs> needed to give me an explanation, but you did. And the ex- explanation yeah. that you gave to me was like so profoundly simple and really beautiful that I wanted to talk to you a bit more about it today while I had you. Um, I was kind of ashamed as to why I hadn't really looked at relationships in the way that you had described it to me. So can you take (laughs) me through the feelings, kind of your feelings of first meeting Claire and then pursuing the relationship in the way that you had explained it to me? Okay, so I think you and I probably talked about this on many, many occasions. And only just yesterday I was taking photos in a lady's house um, of some products and the young woman in the house is a lady that I've known for quite some time. And she asked me about this in particular and, and her question comes from a really, genuine, a really genuine place and it's not, it's not a question about wanting to know the gossip or it's not an ingenuine sort of incestuous question. She genuinely wanted to know because she's heard so many different versions of so many different stories and finds it quite confronting um, hearing people that she knows talk and then all the different versions of this. So she asked me and I find, I find it really courageous and quite brave for some people who, you know what, they sometimes people don't want to know the answer and sometimes people would prefer to listen to the gossip because it's far more exciting than what the truth is sometimes. And then other people just genuinely have a really curious and genuine interest. So like the genuine interest versus the general curiosity are two very different things. And I find that's been quite hard to navigate as well in a small town, especially via social media. So um, you and I talked about this um, quite openly and I think I rang to tell you um to be honest with you because you're my friend or maybe I saw you I don't know I forget it's been such a long time but um the process of the story is or the (laughs) crux of the story is um I met Claire when I was living at um I was renting the house at the equestrian center so I'd not met Claire before I well whilst I was in a relationship. And so she was, I'd moved there. She was adjusting her horses there. I said hello on a variety of occasions and that was basically it. And one particular day her dog 
was barking at the other riders and there's you know, like a young rider on a young horse which is a recipe for disaster so I had offered I'll take the dog upstairs and put the dog on the balcony the kids can pat the dog and when you finish you can come upstairs so anyway so I did that and she came upstairs and it was really quite dark and maybe you know seven o'clock and I think I was putting the kids down and I said if you want to wait you're quite welcome to have dinner with me and it was a Tuesday night and um so we did so I had like conversation we shared a meal and she went home and it's sort of become a regular thing that on a Tuesday night she or maybe it was a Wednesday night I've forgotten now um she would go and she would go ride her horses and then she would come back up um up to the house and we would share a meal and it was like a really long time she talked about her ex and had never actually mentioned a name and because I will quite honestly tell you I don't really have what people would refer to as a gator I never even occurred to me even with her appearance which I don't even see as a typically gay woman appearance appearance um never occurred to me she was gay just never occurred and I don't see gender so she was just a lady I'd met she didn't know anyone I was going through a tough time we just made friends and anyway we went and had an afternoon like a like a late lunch sort of one o'clock lunch in town one day on a Saturday I didn't have the kids I didn't have to work till five that night and she mentioned her ex and then mentioned her name and obviously it was a female and I was like huh hmm, how interesting <laughs> didn't pick that up at all anyway and it didn't matter like it's just totally irrelevant and that was like four months after I met her that I picked up she was she was gay anyway as time went on we would share a meal every like every Tuesday Wednesday night I would see her quite regularly see her most weekends because she didn't ride the horses she didn't know anyone didn't have family so horses was the thing that she did and over the period um, we would have dinner all the time and this one particular night I was sitting there and she was talking and I was literally just staring at her and <laughs> I wasn't listening and she said to me, are you all right? And I was like, oh, yes, yep, um, yeah, sure. And I got up off my seat and I started washing the dishes. And anyway, I was wondering, like, what is wrong with me? Is I, I don't know what's happening to me. And I was having those funny little butterflies in my stomach every time she'd turn up. And I was a bit like, I don't, I don't know what this, I haven't had this in, like, I don't know what this is. And when I sort of worked out that maybe I sort of had a crush on her, I was like, oh, my God, wake up to yourself, Leah. You're a straight woman and she's a gay woman. You've got two kids, not exactly a desirable candidate for a relationship. You know, you've got um, a broken relationship, like all, all these irrational, stupid self-worth thoughts in my mind. Anyway, um, the next week, the next week, I think on the Sunday we went, or maybe it was a Sunday night, we went to a movie and watched a movie together and then the next Tuesday night we had dinner together and the same thing, I was sitting there staring at her thinking, I think there's something wrong with me, which is now I think about it is that's, that's a social conditioning issue, right? I've got a social conditioning issue because suddenly I think it's not okay for me to have a crush on a woman because I'm, I'm a straight woman. Anyway, on the Thursday night, she happened to come upstairs. I don't remember what the reason was that she came upstairs. Anyway, on, on the way down the stairs, I had said to her, I had this like brain moment of, oh my God, I, I've got all these feelings and I don't know what to do with them. And I literally floated down the stairs and I asked her if I could ask her a question. She turned around and I kissed her. Oh, <laughs> 
very forward of me. I know, very <laughs> presumptuous, isn't it? And even now I think to myself, how brazen am I? Like, I'm not that tall man. It just felt right. And this is, that's, yeah. And I, like, anyway, I went upstairs, she went home, I just turned all the lights off and I went to bed and I was like, what did I just do? And... <laughs> sort of stunned and shocked and, and and all of these things so that was the beginning of our relationship which I still grant that was cr- like our relationship grew very organically she was in Bowen from a breakdown of her relationship she'd moved towns moved jobs to to have like a really clean break um and just start really fresh so she was really honest about the place that she was at when I was just some single mum living in the house upstairs at the equestrian centre. So our relationship grew very, very organically from a friendship and a really honest, raw friendship. Like she knew all my struggles and the things that I was going through and and I knew all hers. And I guess, you know, nowadays in the age of swiping, um, <laughs> we, we probably don't really grow those sorts of relationships anymore. You might yeah. grow them at school, I guess, or maybe yeah. at university or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't, it seems almost uncommon now. Yeah. And it's really special because I know when you first kind of told me, you're like, well, I'm not actually seeing a gender. Like I'm just seeing that person and that person, like I fell so much in love exactly. with and it didn't matter. And I thought, oh my goodness, why is that? Yeah. Like, why have you told me this? Yes. This is so profound because it makes perfect sense. And I don't know. Yeah. Because like, why had I not? Why yeah, because I, I thought I didn't. Yeah, because I didn't see like I don't. I still now say I don't see a gender, and with the the women that I know inside the gay community, um, often question me. You know, or it, even my friends say like the the ultimate question is, "Are you gay now?" And I go, "Oh, I don't know about all these labels. Like, are you a lesbian? Are you queer? Are you gender fluid? Are you this? Are you that?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't." I don't accept the label. I don't need one. You might, but I don't. And I, I just quite regularly say I, I just fell in love with a woman. Like I fell in love with a person. A person. That's I mean, right. I fell in love with a person. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like it really even. It's not relevant. This is twenty twenty one. Yeah, and yeah. it's like so ridiculously simple. <laughs> and that's what like it's ridiculously simple. It is. It's just so simple, and I'm like, wow, that's wow why is this yeah yeah when you said that I was like wow like it really it really did change like I I have no discrimination against any um kind of any any way any way or any who or whatever that people want to love or want to do with their lives but I just thought oh my gosh that is the simplest thing like why everyone should just take that on board it's so simple but anyway I I think and I think hearing it from someone like hearing that story from for people that don't know me and then me telling you that first time that it's different because you know me and you've known me for how many years like you were 15 the first time I met you and I was what 20 or something I don't know (laughs) you don't have to you don't have to say the exact yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah I I was young and I remember (laughs) I remember when I turned 25 you girls in the pub thought I was old you old fart so I think that you and I have exactly you and I have had that kind of like not that kind of relationship but we've known each other so long that it probably wouldn't matter to you because you know you know me quite 
not that you know me intimately, but we've known each other for such a long time and we've seen all the changes. You saw me get married, you saw me have children, you know, and I've seen the same thing from you. So I think that we have such a connection that hearing that you go, ah, oh. whereas someone who doesn't know me might be like, hmm. Yeah, the understanding so it's a, behind like it. It's a, it's a different type of understanding. Yeah, so, that is yeah. true. And, and you and I are pretty yeah. open with each other, so <laughs> we don't really beat around the bush, so that's good. <laughs> no, there's there's none of that between you and I. <laughs> no. it, is, it is just how it is. Exactly, and that's why we work. Um, now, you spoke about kind of a... Um, you said the gay community, but I guess LGBTQ, am I right in saying, is that the correct terminology? There's exactly. so much going on at yep. the moment, but you've been or kind LGBTQI of. LGBTQI Oh, there's plus. more. Oh, oh, golly. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. It is hard to keep up with. Yeah. But thank you. Um, so you've been welcome with open arms and you've told me you've had quite a fun experience. No, that's not true, Kelsey. Well, you that's said you've had. true. Oh, okay. Well, take the me gay, through it. The gay community is judgy. The gay community <laughs> is so judgy. Well, like, you've had some fun, but since yeah. you've been kind of in the yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah. some of the, the women I've, I've met are just phenomenally intelligent and they're so open-minded and they're free and forward thinkers you know, one of the one of the women I know coaches AFL, which seems very typical now that I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> it seems very stereotypical. Um, she had, I don't know, one of the coaches or maybe the president or I forget the exact details of her story. Um, she basically tore him down for being a misogynist. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's not necessarily because she didn't tear him down because he's a misogynist because she's a gay woman she tore him down for being a misogynist because he's a misogynist and only a gay woman would be brave enough to do that because generally as a straight woman you just cower in the corner and I'm like I don't cower in the corner as a straight woman (laughs) but you know for for her it's empowering for her to empower women in the straight community because you don't have to stand for it and because she's gay she definitely doesn't so I find those sorts of things like their perspectives on all sorts of topics are so mind-broadening. Like the the conversations that um, when I've been in Mackay with Claire's friends, they're next level. It's it's like being in a room of psychologists that have travelled all around the world and they're just, they're so intelligent and open-minded and it's just, it's really, really remarkable to be with people that are use their frontal lobe to the maximum ability you know it's they're really amazing people that's brilliant that is brilliant now if i was to sit down with you again in two years time which i'm sure that um i'll sit down with you prior to that (laughs) i'm sure we will but (laughs) what would salty moments look like oh you know what i don't know because i like i now at the moment don't advertise i just have people that come to me or referral based so basically people that like i had someone contact me yesterday i had a facebook stalk who it was i'm like hmm, i don't know who this is and then i messaged a couple of my friends who i've taken photos for and were like do you know this lady do you know this lady like who referred this lady to me and so i you know i don't know i don't know like i'm working as a virtual assistant doing all sorts of stuff at the moment and not really taking many photos and not really advertising so I I really know it, it might it might be not salty moments photography anymore it might be salty moments virtual assistant yeah I, I, the world is your oyster 
the world definitely is an oyster. Sure. <laughs> so any advice for women, young or old, who are feeling a bit afraid to follow their heart because you've done it in business, you've done it in life? What do you think? What what advice would you give? I think that the, the I, I think and the lessons I've learned is the only thing that you're actually scared of is yourself. Like there's, you know, it sounds easy for me to say, and it's it's not an easy task, and I can vouch for that, is you don't need to be scared of the people that look at you. Like, there's no reason to be scared of those people. They're, the only reason they're judging you is because they're probably too scared to do what you're doing themselves, you know. So I think that we, we live in a society where we're const- or confined or restrained by those people around us and their views because they think they have to have that view because the person next to them has that view but that person also thinks they have to have that view because of that the next person next door so (laughs) we're we're all just in this yeah we're just living this life of because we think so like Mm -hmm. conformity yeah like without saying that word because I think you mentioned the word conformity and it's no longer a buzzword and they go oh conformity that's true like (laughs) no one I think that we need anything anymore (laughs) well that's what we say but we're still doing it Mm, like we're still conforming yeah we're conforming in a in a different version we're conforming silently Mm. you know so I think that just not being it's hard to say don't be afraid because there are things that I'm even afraid of you know um which sounds bizarre because I don't often think I'm afraid of much and then I really think about it and go, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm afraid of lots of things. <laughs> but I think that it's the thing that we're most afraid of is ourselves and consequence and, and those sorts of things. But the consequence isn't your consequence. It's a consequence that someone else is going to have for you mm-hmm. and that's all in your mind. Like yes. it's not real. It's just it's not real. It's a tricky yeah. one. A tricky one. I love it. Now. Uh, at the end of each podcast, I do my little game called the Kaleido Quickie. So you get to choose between, <laughs> you like that name? <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew you'd like it. Um, between one, two, three, and four. So you just choose a number and I will tell you what the game is. See, now these are the things that I'm afraid of, Kelsey, because <laughs> you did not mention this. Uh, well, should have listened to my podcast, then you'd know. <laughs> I think that I get to this point where you say we're at the end of the podcast and I go thank you very much I'm not going to fill out a survey so um, oh well one between one and four let's do it all right let's go let's go with three number three. Oh, okay three is a and if I have choice. to dance like a chicken it's okay because I have pants on oh good oh and also because it's on podcast and no one can see you oh that's right no one can see me oh, cool. <laughs> All right, no. So it's not dancing, but it is about music. So it oh, is, wow. yeah, well done. Now, what I do is I pull out a little one of my scrunched up pieces of paper and it has, um, uh, <laughs> what would you say, um, an example on it. Uh, and then what I say, I read it out. So I'll do an example for you. And it says breakup song. So then you tell me what is the song that you think of when you think of your breakup song? Oh. Okay, got okay. it. All righty. Let's go. Let's do it. So there's three. All right. So I'm going to shut my eyes. Oh, okay. okay. The first one is, oops, I ripped the piece of paper. Oh, childbirth. What song do you think of when you say childbirth? Um, 
when I was having Benjamin, mm. I had a room full of university students and I had a cesarean and there was a room full of university students and the doctor had said, um, no Justin Bieber. Oh. So they, they played music the entire time that um, I was having childbirth. And you know what? I cannot remember any of the songs, but I remember <laughs> thinking at the time, this is like Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. So <laughs> um, if you tell me childbirth songs, I'm just going to go straight to that's my experience of it's real. They play music in hospitals. Just all the songs. When, yeah. Just it, I it had was the same, something, actually. I had the same experience. It was I had some, country music. Well, oh, really? Yeah, they really? were playing country so music I, and I was like, oh, yeah. It was like the music that was playing was what was current on the radio, like mainstream yeah. radio, hot yeah. FM type music. And I yeah. just remember thinking, this is so surreal. They're about to cut my guts open and pull a baby out and they're playing music. I know. I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, wow, this is really casual in here. It's like a bloody disco. Yeah. So, so no, I don't I don't have a childbirth song for uh, you. You just have a bit of a um, listen to the, like you're listening to the radio. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice. All right, the next one is let's have a look. A girls night out. What song do you go to on your girls night out? Uh, <laughs> um what's what's that what's that song um that one that says shake it like a polaroid picture? Yeah, outcast. The guy. Hey ya. Outcast. outcast. There you go. Hey oh, you ya. like that there one? All right. I like it. Yeah. All right. The last one is your jogging song. When you go for a jog. Oh, so when I jog, I don't listen to a particular song. I have this funny like mashup guy that I listen to. Mm-hmm. So he makes all these like a mashup song and it's just a like it's a radio station. I listen to these really cool um mashup songs but they're all like energy songs is right. all I can tell you and they're not generally mainstream type stuff they're like some Havana Brown and you know just mashups of different things sometimes there's like um you know when they do at the end of the year the, the best songs of whatever year yeah. mm-hmm. and they'll put those sort of together with like almost like a Havana Brown you know they pull them all apart and deconstruct them and put them back together into a mashup yeah, so that's what I kind of that's what I like when I jog however if I jog with the horse, I can't have music because I have to focus on the horse. Oh, so, right. <laughs> yeah. So it's either mashups or nothing at all. Mashups or listening to the traffic so the horse doesn't like Get jump spooked. on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Well, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much. Um, thank you so You're much welcome. for being. Uh, for being so raw and vulnerable and you're always very funny we always have heaps of laughs together so it's been a lot of fun Um, if you'd like to remind anyone listening where they can find you or how they can get in touch with you um, how they can get a shoot with you go for god um, just by Instagram, actually, you can, oh, you can message me on Facebook, I guess, but most of my contacts come through Instagram at salty moments photography. So if you can just pop in there, shoot me a message and I generally come back to you quite quickly. Um, I don't use an auto bot or anything. So just, um, shoot me a message and generally I get on there two or three times a day. So I'm pretty fast. Awesome. I will also have the links um, to your socials in the show notes as well as all the random 
uh, things that you could Links that I'm going to send you straight away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good. Oh, there's your cat again. Your cat came just uh, yes. at the end. <laughs> thank you so, thank you so much. Um, it, is, it is always beautiful to talk to you. Kaleidocast is proudly brought to you by our Kaleido community membership. If you are feeling a little depleted from doing all the things, mm-hmm, I'm feeling ya, and you are dreaming of a virtual safe space where you can ease your connection cravings and ask, laugh, learn, support, and score big, yep, that's free stuff like every month, and that's only the beginning. And you would like to see a little more of some of the ladies you have heard here on the potty join the fabulous women already in and become the next valued member of our colourful tribe. I'll see you in there. I'll bring the wine. Thank you so much from the bottom of my colourful heart for popping us in your ears today and giving us some of your valuable time. We really, really appreciate that beyond words. However, if you'd like to earn bonus points with us, of course you do then please leave us a review on the app that you're listening to us on right now. That really helps us reach more beautiful ladies just like yourself. Also, if you want to jump onto our socials and use the hashtag Kaleidocast with a K, we would be so appreciative if you would share us with your friends and tag us in your stories when you're listening to us. And don't forget, we're also your gifting go-to gals and we have shelves stocked to the brim with smile-inducing, bright, eco-conscious, everyday wares to fit every fun-loving family just like yours. So next time you need help with gifting goodies for her, him and Minnie, we are here. We got you. Thanks again. We love you to the moon and back.